This episode of Takeaway is brought to you in part by California Food Service Instant Rebates. You could save up to $4,000 per unit on high efficiency commercial food service equipment. In this time of need, the industry is building new restaurants and creating new concepts, and it needs equipment. You'll be able to choose from a variety of qualifying products and get valuable instant rebates as a discount on your invoice. No paperwork, no waiting. Find a participating dealer in qualifying products at caenergywise.com slash instant rebates. That's caenergywise.com forward slash instant dash rebates. Hey there, welcome to Takeaway with Sam Okus, a podcast from Nations Restaurant News. I am Sam Okus, Editor-in-Chief here at NRN, and this is the show where I give you an all-access pass to the restaurant industry's most influential decision-makers. This week, I am talking to the CEO of one of the biggest restaurant companies in America, Wendy's. That's right, Todd Penagor, the CEO of this $11 billion plus burger chain, joins me on the podcast today to discuss Wendy's big success in 2021, how its digital strategy is already paying massive dividends across the system, and how Breakfast, which launched just one week before the beginning of the pandemic in March of 2020, has been key to so much of the brand's growth. Before I jump into that conversation though, remember that there are many other ways you can engage with NRN's award-winning content. Not only can you subscribe to our monthly print edition and our daily AM newsletter at nrn.com slash subscribe, but you can also subscribe to NRN's other podcast, Extra Serving, where our editors discuss the hot button issues of the day and we share interviews with a wide variety of restaurant personalities. On this week's episode, I join our editors Leanne Zinsmeister and Holly Petrie for a conversation on the week's headlines, which actually included a Wendy's headline talking about its entry into the metaverse, which was announced after my conversation with Todd. Plus, there is a conversation between Holly and Thomas DeGeest, who is the founder of the emerging New York City-based brand Waffles and Dingies. Be sure to check out that episode and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. By the way, that discussion between myself, Leanne, and Holly is also available over on NRN's YouTube page. Our team at NRN is excited to be rolling out more and more videos on YouTube, including deep dives into several of the concepts on our recent Breakout Brands report and a tour that Holly and I recently did of five emerging chains in Austin, Texas. I highly recommend you head over to our YouTube page for those videos plus many others and be sure to subscribe for exciting videos that we have on deck for the rest of 2022. Okay, jumping now into my conversation with Wendy's CEO, Todd Penagor. Also, don't forget to stick around after the interview as I will share my five takeaways from this discussion, actionable insights that you can take with you on the go. Todd Penagor, CEO of Wendy's. Thank you for uh, sitting down with me today. I really appreciate it. No, you're a busy guy, especially this time of the year. But Todd, I wanted to really explore Wendy's performance in 2021 and talk about implications, certainly for 2022 and beyond. Uh, let's start with 2021 performance, because I know you guys just reported your results. Uh, you know, 2021 was a funny year because here's a year everybody expected you know, huge rebound. And I think a lot of folks did have a rebound story to tell, 
but it was a mixed bag. So let's just start with Wendy's 2021 performance. Broadly speaking, how did the company do last year? Yeah, no, Sam, if you step back to 2020, I know we, we managed through the, uh, the first phase of COVID very nicely. Our franchise system really evolved and, 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 and rallied to, to be a drive-through only business in 2020, uh, really drove record profits for the system. Uh, and that was the foundation that really stimulated some great growth for us into, uh, into 2021. Um, on a global one and two year basis, our same restaurant sales accelerated to double digits, uh, which is a great spot to be to drive the restaurant economic model. Um, we were opening more new restaurants than we had in the, in the last 20 years. So um, we had 2% net new restaurant growth in, in 2022. And all of that drove to about a billion two of system sales that we added year over year in 2021, which is wow. uh, pretty crazy to think about. And yeah. You know, we've got a lot of momentum in our business on uh, on both just the core growth and uh, as well as putting new development in place. And, you know, as you think about 2021, we called up earnings a couple of times during the year. Uh, it was really on the strength of the, the top line growth. Um, we continue to grow share, um, which is an important metric for us. If you look at the last six years, we've held or grown QSR burger category share on both the traffic side and the dollar side. So we're balancing mm -hmm. both uh, bringing more folks in as well as managing the check. Um, so we really have some momentum on our business. You think about that step up um, and uh, and excited about what the future holds for the brand. Yeah, let's let's talk about this future, because, uh, of course, you know, I think one thing we've all learned for the last two years is there is no real certainty because we're not sure what kind of curveballs can come our way. And number of challenges we're facing today, which we can unpack here in a little bit, but let's just start with, you know, when you, you wrap 2021 and you look at that performance, what do you then plan for 2022? How can you, how can you then sort of make a plan for the year ahead based on what was able to happen last year? Yeah, no, I think it really comes back to strategic growth pillars, right? You think about building the breakfast day part, you think about digital acceleration and you think about expanding our footprint you know, if you go back to 2019 at Investor Day, we thought each of those were a billion dollars of system sales opportunities along the way. And mm -hmm. we're still in the early innings of breakfast, right? We finally got traffic back to pre-pandemic levels in the fourth quarter of, uh, of 2021. Um, still working hard to uh, ingrain the habit in, uh, in the morning and getting uh, folks into the routine of coming to Wendy's for breakfast, whether that's on the way to the office if you're coming in or as a late morning Zoom snack if you're working from home. But it was really nice to see that, you know, we got up to about eight and a half percent mix um, across our total menu in uh, in the fourth quarter uh, at its peak behind the Buck Biscuit promotion, which was super successful. And what we're really yeah. trying to do is continue to drive awareness. Um, we're at our highest awareness levels that we've been at since we've launched breakfast. Very consistent with where Burger King is, who's been in the business for over 30 years. Mm -hmm. You know, we're driving a lot of trial, um, bringing not only new users into the category with some of the disruptive promotions, but also driving some frequency of our existing lunch and dinner customers to come in one more time during a week to have us for the breakfast day part. Um, and what we're seeing is our highest overall satisfaction um, at that morning day part, which really bodes well because it's driving a lot of repeat. Then you go over yep. onto the digital front, you know, delivery has con continued to, uh, to be a, a good part of our business. You know, delivery checks are 40 to 50% higher on an average basis, um, apples to apples without the delivery fees you know, much bigger order size. Um, you think about mobile grab and go and, and curbside delivery. Um, people are getting into our app. They are mobile ordering, speeds up the experience at the drive-through, makes it easier for the consumer as mm -hmm. well as the employee. Um, and, and those things will continue to drive our business. And, 
you know, we exited last year at about a 10% digital mix, um, and we think we can continue to grow from there. And then just a lot of momentum on the development front. Um, we've got a big step up plan for 2022, five to 6% net unit development. We've got uh, about 60% of our development under a, uh, uh, a or 70% of our development under a development commitment as we uh, sit here today. And it's a combination of uh, traditional uh, freestanding units, as well as non-traditional units like reef kitchens that allow us right. to get into urban locations where we don't have a lot of penetration uh, to provide access to the Wendy's brand. So you think about those three growth pillars, all translated into what we guided to is six to 8% um, system-wide sales growth again in 2022, about half coming from same restaurant sales and about half coming from new units that'll open during the course of the year. Yeah, let's unpack this a little bit. I want to start with breakfast because this has been so key to Wendy's success. And it's this remarkable story because you guys launched uh, breakfast one week before the pandemic. And we all said, oh, no, <laughs> we were like, oh, poor Wendy's. Like, what a time to launch breakfast. And, and there were many early on that were calling for the death of breakfast at restaurants because, you know, suddenly commuting was gone. And yet Wendy's has, you know, you've persevered and you've made this work and then some. W what has been key to breakfast working so well? Tell me about the, the sort of evolution over the last two years of this program. Yeah, I think there's a couple of things, Sam, that uh, was really important. One, we made it uh, operationally simple to operate. Um, so we made sure that uh, when you think about speed um, and, and, and convenience in the morning, that, uh, that we could deliver on that promise. And we also made the economic model work well for our franchise community. You know, two to three folks to open breakfast in the morning um, really allows us to have um, you know, a strong economic model uh, that gets the franchise system super excited. And mm -hmm. Now that we've established a strong breakfast business, you know, we've got our franchise system all in. They believe there's a tremendous amount of upside in our breakfast. You know, as you think about the goals for this year, $3,000 to $3,500 per restaurant, that's just a stepping stone along the way. Our legacy restaurants, the restaurants that had breakfast prior to the national launch, uh, we've got 200 plus of those restaurants. They're doing 4,500 plus per week. So it really is about ingraining the habit um, it's getting uh, folks into that uh, that routine. Um, and what we'll continue to do is, um, you know, advertise that day part, um, have some disruptive promotions to get people's attention to come in and try us um, and just continue to drive a really good experience in that morning day part. Yeah. Was it a shock when uh, when COVID hit? Um, we are basically the official breakfast of the NCAA and you know, we had all the contingency plans in place with the exception of having the tournament canceled. So we had to rework all of our advertising dollars. But I'll tell you what, you know, breakfast had been different than what we had thought. We're seeing peak half hours at 9.30 to 10 and 10 to 10.30. So folks are coming out for breakfast a little bit later um, mm -hmm. as part of their COVID routines and working from home. It's starting to shift back and we're seeing a little more mix in that seven to nine as people get into a hybrid work environment. So we're super encouraged based on the feedback of the consumer, um, the excitement of the franchise community, uh, and the continued investment that we have in the U.S. to drive the business. Uh, and it's now stimulated us getting into Canada. So, um, you know, right. in Q2, we're going to launch breakfast in, uh, in Canada. We're going to take a lot of the lessons from uh, our U.S. business, um, customize the menu to the Canadian consumer, uh, make sure we got a great coffee, really lean in on, uh, on, on oven-baked bacon, fresh. Um, everything we do fresh at breakfast from fresh cracked eggs to, you know, oven-baked uh, uh, biscuits. Um, and that's going to be another big growth opportunity for us as we move into uh, into this year. 
Sure. Uh, moving into another one of these pillars here, which is digital. Um, I think before we talk about digital uh, evolution of Wendy's, I want to first ask you about just experience generally. I mean, how would you describe the Wendy's experience that you guys want to create? Because I know digital has really sort of upended what you can do with experience. So let's just start with what is the Wendy's experience, the ideal Wendy's experience you're creating? Yeah, no, at the end of the day, you know, why we exist and why QSR continues to be the place to be, it's around speed, convenience, and affordability. And mm -hmm. our position has always been to differentiate on quality with the quality of the food and the quality of the experience. And when you think about digital, it can create a more frictionless experience for the consumer, right? It's the next generation of what the drive-through did, you know, 40 years ago when it was put in place to, to provide uh, a better experience for the consumer to get in and out. Uh, you think about delivery, you can get your food when and where you want it if you want to stay at home and have it delivered to you. You think about the long lines that we've been seeing, um, you know, over the last couple of years with the success of the business. If you want to skip the line, you now have an opportunity to, uh, to mobile order. Um, you mobile order, you can actually go to a curbside and have the food run out to you if that's where you check in. Uh, if you want to uh, just skip the line and, and run into the restaurant, mobile grab and go is super efficient to do that. Uh, we're going to enhance that experience with some, some racks that we're putting in the restaurant. And the great news is from the time you check in to the time our food's prepared, you know, we're made to order full customization. We've been doing that for 50 years. You get food that's not been sitting around, that it's hot, mm -hmm. it's freshly prepared um, with, uh, with great quality experience every step of the way. So it's really taking all that friction out to make sure that you know we have an even better experience. And our focus is really, how do we make sure that the digital experience is the red carpet experience at Wendy's? And not just for our consumers, but also for our delivery drivers to make sure that you know they have the check-in uh, ahead of time. They have the capability to run into the restaurant and skip the line and get the food ultimately to the consumer even faster, because that's a win-win, right? You're gonna get food there with, uh, with better integrity um, and you're gonna have a better experience for the driver. So they're gonna wanna continue to come back. Sure. Yeah. I mean, thinking too about the digital experience, so much happening from the phone. It's interesting because, you know, before we hit record, I was telling you about my experience with Wendy's growing up, which, I mean, I feel like even just thinking about it, I can smell a Wendy's. I can, I, I know what the feel of the dining room is like. Right. And to me, the word I always often use is sort of Americana. It's like ingrained in my childhood and, and certainly in uh, into adulthood as well. Digital, you're putting all of this on a phone and you can't put the smell of Wendy's on the phone. You can't put the experience of Wendy's on the phone. What are ways that Wendy's can enhance that digital experience to be able to impart the experience you want them to have? Yeah, no, I think first and foremost is how do we continue to drive awareness with our mainstream advertising and all of our social media campaigns around you can um, mobile order and you can uh, manage uh, your your experience digitally at Wendy's, I think it needs to be complemented with a complete um, 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 ecosystem, right? When you think about having a very easy to use uh, mobile app, so you can get in and not only order quickly, but you can make sure you have a seamless and easy way to pay. Um, you think about how you complement that with a loyalty program. You know, we're 21 million plus uh, loyalty consumers and you know, how do you continue to use all of that information to have better one-to-one -one communication so I can personalize my communication uh, with you, Sam? Once I know you are a Wendy's user, you know, how do I uh, invoke even a more emotion to come back to our restaurant just a little bit uh, more often? Uh, and then for us, you know, how do we continue to just have fun, you know, with our mainstream uh, advertising and importantly, all the work that we do across all of our uh, social media platforms uh, to continue to make sure that 
the virtual experience invokes all the senses. So you do mm-hmm. have that sense and feel to what Wendy's is and, and, and that we're a little bit different, right? We're fresh, never frozen. We're, we're, we're make to order. We're fully customizable. Um, but you can do all of that with a very fast experience at a very affordable price. And, um, you know, we can bring the emotion to life um, with all the other mediums that we use uh, to really complement the whole digital experience. Sure. Yeah. The, the, the reef component of this, as you mentioned, I think is really interesting because to your point, you're, you're bringing that experience into communities that didn't previously have the Wendy's experience. You're able to facilitate, especially urban development for Wendy's. I'm curious then, what do you do once you've established that? So you put Wendy's, make it Wendy's available through the digital channels in urban centers. What do you hope to then, you know, do, do you, how do you bring them deeper into the Wendy's experience, I guess? In the media world, we're calling it, how do you bring them down the funnel, right? Get them deeper into the funnel. So what is that goal for Wendy's once you capture them through that reef relationship? Yeah, no, I mean, you, you think about it, many of the urban, uh, major urban markets across uh, the U.S. were dramatically underpenetrated relative to our competition. So nobody has access to the brand. And, you know, reefs trying to provide great access, really trying to figure out how do you get from order to delivery and, you know, five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, even faster. So you can get your food when and where you want it without actually having to to leave uh, the residence. So for those folks that have an access to the brand, it gives them that first opportunity to try Wendy's. And then when they decide to leave the city on the, on the weekend or, or during the week, or if they're traveling, you know, now it's in the, in, in their head. Well, man, I had a great experience with a delivered Wendy's. I want to make sure I run into a Wendy's when uh, I'm out and about and traveling uh, across the country because I do have that access to the brand. Um, so it really is about how do you get people to fall in love with the Wendy's brand by able to uh, have access um, to our, our great tasting food time and again uh, to make sure that we got brand evangelists, brand loyalists that uh, continue to follow us, whether it's in their home market or when they're out and about traveling. Uh, again, uh, another opportunity to uh, to partner with Reef to gather data to better connect to the consumer uh, to better engage them to drive frequency over time. And the piece that I really love about uh, a Reef unit is you can go in and establish a trade area. So if you got a delivery only trade location and it's wildly successful, it should give the courage for a potential franchisee to come in with a bricks and mortar restaurant to do not only the walk up business but the delivery business as well. And the great news about those reef units is they're truly uh, portable. If they needed to be moved and we got a freestanding restaurant that wants to come in, uh, we can partner with the reef team to do that um, and then go establish another trade area. So it's a big win-win for all of us. Yeah, this whole ghost kitchen thing is a really interesting opportunity for market testing that a lot of folks are are discovering right now. Now, I don't want to get too much in the weeds here, but just out of curiosity, how much do you need to develop some of the you know, packaging and holding and operations around something like the reef deal and just other virtual or, or digital development. What does that change about some of that, those nuts and bolts and, and blocking and tackling of the Wendy's business? Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great question, Sam, because at the end of the day, you want to make sure that you're delivering food with high integrity, that it's hot um, um, and, 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 and delicious every step of the way. And, you know, just having the scale and the proximity of, 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 Wendy's out there, you know, there isn't a Wendy's that far from a lot of your, uh, all of our residences. So, you know, you yeah. can get your food there pretty quick. And you think about our delivery times being from order to uh, the time it gets picked up 30, 35 minutes. That's, that's not bad, but it's less than 10 minutes from the restaurant, right? Once it gets processed, made and, and delivered. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, you think about how do you continue to create those, uh, those great experiences um, every step of the way? 
we're in a great spot. We start with things like, um, you know, foil wrap already on our chicken sandwiches and our hamburgers. That's holding the heat in and doing a great job along the way. You think about what we did to renovate our, our, our French fries to have a, uh, a naturally coated fry that holds the heat a lot better with a little bit of salt built into uh, the batter, into the brine. Um, you know, when you think about that hot and crispy fry guarantee, those is, fries are hard to travel, right? Yeah. And um, we now got a fry that travels quite nicely. Um, and we'll continue to look at, you know, what little other evolutions do we need to make to make sure our food gets there with high integrity. But we got items like salads that get delivered very well. Our chili is really hot to begin with, so it holds up, stays hot for a long time. So there's some tweaks that we'll have to continue to make around the packaging to uh, ensure that we have a great experience. But quite honestly, the more proximity we have to the customer, you know, with things like reef kitchens and, and the development that we're doing, you know, you think about a delivery order coming to your house versus you just picking up at the restaurant and bringing it to your house. Mm -hmm. um, you already have a pretty darn good experience along the way. If, uh, if that drive time from the restaurant to, to the home or office, isn't that long. You mentioned uh, growth into Canada and I know global growth is a big piece of Wendy's future. Explain to me what that looks like. Cause it seems like there's a lot of white space here. Uh, you know, Wendy's has grown globally, but maybe not fully tapped into that, that potential. Tell me about what you see as being the potential for global expansion. Yeah, no, under Abigail Pringle's leadership, it's been great to see us uh, really ramp up our growth internationally. We, we hit a thousand restaurants and, and continue to grow from there internationally. Um, last year, uh, you think about our Canadian market has now hit, um, you know, 400 restaurants and continues to grow and continue to layer on um, more growth with uh, with the breakfast day part being added. Um, and we've had the courage to go in with company restaurants into the UK. So we've been outside of Europe for many, many years, 20 years, in fact. And, you know, to get uh, franchisees to have the courage to come back into that market, um, play the game as a new QSR, you know, a cut above traditional QSR with better quality Um you know, we have that opportunity to reposition the market, but we had to go in and prove that it can be done. And, you know, by the end of this year, we'll be close to 15 company restaurants um, in the UK, but that'll be complemented with, um, you know, another 50 or so restaurants from franchisees, whether they're reef kitchens or freestanding kitchens. So we'll be 60, 65 restaurants by the end of this year in the UK, proving out the restaurant economic model, driving our recruitment to bring more franchisees in to build out the UK, to get into the, uh, get into Ireland. And then over time, you know, leverage the supply chain and the success to get back into continental Europe. We also have some great development agreements out there. Um, you think about the Philippines, you think about, um, you know, ghost kitchens, delivery kitchens in India, uh, the opportunity to continue to grow in Mexico. Uh, there are a lot of seeds planted Mm -hmm. um, with a lot of opportunity to continue to expand that growth. And, um, you know, we'll talk a lot more about that at our investor day here on June the 9th around what we really see the growth aspirations to be on our international business. But we've created a strong platform, um, a lot of great business growth, um, and a lot of success kind of post COVID during COVID that's really given folks the confidence to continue to invest to grow and to bring in new franchisees. And quite honestly, the success in the U.S., certainly helps create a halo and confidence for others to want to grow our brand uh, across the globe. Right. How much, how much will you need to evolve the Wendy's brand in international markets? I assume you have to, there are individual elements per country you'll have to evolve according to their demand, right? Yeah, no, we, we, we will have some lo local customization. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, a lot of the international consumers really want what Wendy stands for, you know, fresh, never frozen, you know, make the order, full customization. 
Uh, and they do want a little taste to use your word, a little taste of Americana when you think yeah. about what's on the menu. Um, and then you got to complement it with some of the local uh, flavors and uh, and taste profiles. Um, but you still want it to feel, look and act like a Wendy's. So, you know, if you're in a Wendy's in Japan, uh, a Wendy's in India, Wendy's in the U.S., that it still has that same feel really stands for quality, um, stands for um, you know, something being a cut above the competition um, with a lot of the favorites but then a few of the local customizations that need to be had. And, and, and we're really trying to work that balance. Uh, and I think we've got it in a really good spot with some of our global programs that we're putting in place right now. And I think that's why we're seeing the success. Um, we still are the best Wendy's that we can be, no matter what market we're in across the globe. Yeah. All right. Now let's talk about some of the challenges going on today, because <laughs> it seems like there's no shortage of them. And uh, you guys are just probably having to clear a lot of hurdles these days, everything that comes your way. Um, let's just break it down by the challenges that are there. Let's start with labor. This is something we've been talking about now for months, being a pretty significant challenge for the restaurant industry. Tell me about how Wendy's is overcoming this shortage of high quality workers that seems to be going on. Yeah, no, it has been a challenge the last couple of years, Sam. You know, clearly we haven't been staffed to the level that we needed to be staffed. We've had to, uh, you know, close, close dining rooms and pull back hours on occasion to uh, to manage the labor shortfall. You know, we were making some progress late last year on, on staffing back up and then Omicron hit and we had some of the headwinds that everybody had until late December, early January. Uh, but really encouraged. Um, we've seen applicant flow pick up nice lately. We've seen our staffing levels improve dramatically. We're getting more of our dining rooms open, um, you know, every uh, every day, every week. Um, and what we've really done is tried to do a few things. Um, one, make sure that you know our pay and benefits are are where they need to be to attract the talent that we need. Um, so we are starting to see that within the applicant flow. Um, things like um, paid time off for, uh, for, for, for sickness is a, is a big deal, um, especially in today's world. And, uh, you know, we've moved to that uh, as, mm -hmm. as a system. But, you know, what we really tried to do is make it a fun and energizing place to work. Um, you know, we want to have that cool vibe. We want to have cool uniforms. We want to make sure that people are trained appropriately and, and set up for success. Um, and then feel like they're getting recognized and rewarded for all of that uh, um, great work that they do to support our customers and our businesses day in and day out. And we've been blessed. We've got lower than industry, uh, average industry turnover. So we've been in a better spot on turnover. We've got a lot of long tenured uh, GMs that can really help bring and manage some of the new talent that comes into those restaurants. Um, and we've really used a campaign around online and digital recruiting program to uh, to help really enhance and bring that uh, that uh, um, applicant flow up uh, along the way. So we're not all the way to where we need to be staffed, obviously at this point, but uh, we're making great progress to being there. Um, so we've managed the staffing point. You know, we're still managing all the inflation that goes along with the staffing. You know, you are seeing some pricing being passed on to the consumer, mm -hmm. but we'll always be in a position where we're going to try to provide great value across our menu. Things like four for four and five dollar biggie bag and the quality of the core and you know, trading people up into premium with things like made to crave. Um, we will continue to great, be great value, but we know we're going to have to pass on a little bit of pricing to make sure that we can support the business in today's environment. Pairing two of the two big conversations going on in food service today, digital evolution and labor. It seems to me that some of the labor crisis that people are, you know, seeing today in some ways is an interesting inflection point because of all of the automation that's coming along, all of the digital 
uh, tools that allow for so much efficiency in the workforce. Tell me about how Wendy's is exploring that intersection of digital innovation and labor. How do you make that work for the Wendy's system? Yeah, no, it really starts with, hey, the more people we can get into into mobile ordering, um, the better it is. The, the most, the slowest point of the whole order process is at that, that, uh, that order station. And the most things go wrong. Lots gets lost in translation. So if you can speed that up, take a bunch of friction out, get folks to actually have their payment already pre-made within the app, um, that speeds up the whole experience, takes pressure off of labor, uh, allows you to reposition some of those folks and, uh, and creates a much better uh, customer experience. That's a big one for us. But we also know that we got to do some things in the back of the house. Um, you know, things like moving to a manager tablet and making sure that, you know, all the food safety logs and the temperature checking that we do and all the manual scheduling that's happening along the way and the inventory management. How do you automate a lot more of that? Because you want to take a lot of those non-consumer facing things, uh, automate those so you can spend all your time preparing great food and delivering a great experience when you come to the restaurant. That's where we've been focused. Even things like um, automated dishwashers. You know, we still got a lot of hand washing going on in our restaurant. Mm -hmm. Never made mm -hmm. sense to fully move to a, a, an investment in an automated dishwasher. It does now. Creates a better employee experience. Creates yeah. some efficiency in labor. Um, and we'll continue to look at uh, at all of those things uh, in the back of the house. Um, we won't want to go so far where everything's automated because we still want, you know, that personal touch on, on cooking and, 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 and customizing food uh, and delivering it to that, that customer with a smile. But we will look at and lean into things like voice AI into the future. And, you know, can you streamline the ordering station where it's, uh, you know, you don't need an order taker at some point right. where that whole experience gets, uh, you know, fully automated. So then you spend the time preparing that food, preparing it accurate, making it fresh and getting it delivered with a smile. That's what we're really trying to focus on moving forward. Right. All right. You mentioned inflation earlier as it related to labor, but obviously inflation as it relates to everything today. I know I've talked to some um, some independent operators who are talking about having to switch their, uh, their uh, delivery bags every couple of weeks, just based on what they can find on the market. How has inflation infected the Wendy's business? How can you get around that? Yeah, no, inflation, we talked on our earnings call. I mean, we had double-digit commodity and labor inflation in the fourth quarter. And we guided to this year to high single-digit commodity, high single-digit um, uh, labor inflation, a little higher in the first half, starts to moderate in the back half as we lap over all of that inflation that we had earlier this year. Um, you know, we've got a great partnership with QSCC, which is our purchasing co-op. We've got some great relationships with, uh, with all our major suppliers. Um, we have enough scale, so we have a big voice working with those suppliers. Uh, and the great news is um, we've seen very minimal supply disruptions over the course of the last couple of years. Um, there's a, you know, a delivery here or there that might be late or, you know, a product that could be out of stock for a, a day or two until the next delivery but we haven't had a whole lot of supply chain disruptions, um, but it's taken a lot of work um, with our supply partners and um, with our supply chain managers over at QSCC to bring that to life. But that's the beauty of having, you know, in many cases, 30, 40, and 50 year supplier relationships and having the scale of, um, you know, 7,000 global restaurants uh, to make sure that our partners are there for us when we need them uh, to continue to grow our business. So um, we've been managing through that nicely. You know, as I said earlier, we'll have to pass on some pricing with all the price increases because we want to be fair, um, you know, to our uh, our suppliers to make sure that uh, they can manage all their input inflation. 
Um, so ultimately, some of this is going to have to get passed on to the consumer. But we'll look at that closely between inflation for food at home versus inflation, you know, at the restaurant level and what our competitive set is. But we're still going to be great relative value, you know, QSR versus a fast casual versus a mid-scale casual, you know, for all the quality that we deliver at the price points that we can get the food, um, we're going to be a relative value, even with a little bit of increases in price along the way. All right, Todd, last question for you. I know there's so much uncertainty in the world today, and that's, you know, we were saying before, in the last two years, we've learned not to expect anything to happen. We just had to kind of roll with the punches. It seems like Wendy's has a pretty great plan for rolling with all of these punches, at least the ones that have been thrown so far. But looking ahead, you know, without knowing too much of what's around the corner, what, what are you most excited for in 2022 for the Wendy's business? Yeah, no, I, I think, you know, what I'm most excited for, and, you know, we've learned to become very nimble. We've learned to work in this flexible work environment. We've learned to check and adjust. So we've built some new muscle along the way to adapt to whatever the consumer is faced with. Um, and we have, you know, the partnership um, and the confidence of our franchise system to follow. So we go execute as one system. So as you look at Having a system as aligned as a Wendy system, you know, with 350 franchisees along the, across the globe, that gets us super excited. You know, we're coming off of two very strong uh, years of profit performance for the system. They begin and enter this cycle with a really strong balance sheet um, and, uh, and, and a really healthy position. So what I'm most excited about is really leaning in on our three big growth pillars. Uh, and as I always say, the restaurant business is a tough business. Only the strong are going to survive. And those that survive are going to reap all the benefits on the other side. And yeah, we'll have some short-term headwinds that we'll have to manage through. We'll find ways partnering with our system to manage through it. We'll continue to deliver on our promise of great tasting, affordable food with, uh, with a lot of quality. We'll continue to bring news, um, news in the breakfast day part, news for uh, made to crave on the rest of the day menu. Um, but our future is super bright because we have a strong aligned franchise system and a great team that I get to work with here at headquarters day in and day out uh, to really make sure that we are nimble to check and adjust to, 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 to bring the tactics behind our bring big, big three growth pillars to life um, real time, no, what, no matter what the consumer throws at us um, or what the competitive can, landscape looks like. Um, which gives us a tremendous amount of confidence in the future. And I get really excited talking about it. I love this brand. I love our food. I love our system. Um, and we're going to continue to lean in and drive a lot of growth for years to come. That's very exciting. Todd Penagor of Wendy's. Thank you for taking time today. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Sam. Really appreciate the time. And always great talking to an Ohio boy. <laughs> Likewise. This episode of Takeaway is brought to you in part by California Food Service Instant Rebates. You could save up to $4,000 per unit on high efficiency commercial food service equipment. In this time of need, the industry is building new restaurants and creating new concepts, and it needs equipment. You'll be able to choose from a variety of qualifying products and get valuable instant rebates as a discount on your invoice. No paperwork, no waiting. Find a participating dealer in qualifying products at caenergywise.com slash instant rebates. That's caenergywise.com forward slash instant dash rebates.
That was my interview with Wendy's CEO, Todd Penagor. So what should you learn from this interview? Here are my five takeaways. My first takeaway is that mobile ordering is a huge win for the major QSRs. You know, mobile ordering, when it first became a thing, I don't know, five, six, seven years ago, it was really relegated to some of those emerging fast casual concepts that were trying to be cutting edge, where innovation and technology were really at the core of their business model. For the longest time, QSRs, you know, really just relied upon traditional ordering methods, drive through, takeout, um, you know, delivery did become a thing, but, you know, they weren't really so heavily on that. Of course, in the pandemic, everybody has gotten on board with mobile ordering because you kind of had to. And I think what we're seeing now is the major QSR chains like Wendy's are finding huge success with this. So Todd talked about what that success looks like for Wendy's. He said the average check for a, a digital order was 40 to 50% higher than other orders. You know, he talked about how mobile ordering speeds things up in the drive-through and it makes things easier for both the customer and the employee. And yet, you know, mobile ordering only makes up about 10% of Wendy's business, as Todd said. So there's incredible white space ahead of uh, Wendy's and the other major QSRs as they invest more in mobile and digital ordering. And I think we're going to see this be a huge win for those chains going forward. My second takeaway is that, you know, speaking of white space, there is always some white space out there for bigger chains, no matter their reach. When you think of some of the companies, McDonald's, Wendy's, Subway, Starbucks, that have totally, you know, total mass market penetration across the U.S., you think, how could they find, possibly find other places to grow into? But Wendy's is finding ways. And Todd talked, uh, you know, about the reef uh, relationship that Wendy's established last year, where Wendy's is planning to enter more urban areas via reefs, mobile kitchens that they're setting up. You know, it's a, a reminder that some of these QSR chains, they don't have that same kind of penetration in maybe an urban area or certain markets that they do in suburban and rural areas even. And that represents incredible white space for those chains. So Wendy's is going to have hundreds more locations through its relationship with Reef. And as Todd discussed in this conversation, it's going to open a lot more doors for them into those parts of the country that do not currently have a Wendy's and with those guests who don't currently have that as part of their regular decision set. My third takeaway is this. Investing in digital requires a complete ecosystem built around convenience. So what I mean by that is if your restaurant wants to get into digital and you say, well, I, I guess I have to have mobile ordering, so we're going to offer mobile ordering. That's great, but you're never going to see the full potential of that mobile ordering until you round out that ecosystem with mobile order and pay, plus also loyalty. So this was something Todd discussed in this interview around how Wendy's has built a complete ecosystem around that digital experience. And you know that's bringing, helping to bring the Wendy's brand to life digitally. I'm partial to the physical experience of a Wendy's. I, I made known to Todd, you know, I grew up in Ohio. Wendy's was was one of our go-to spots, sitting in the dining room, you know, smelling the dining room, obviously tasting it, but just the sights and sounds of inside a dining room. How do you take that into the digital sphere? And I thought Todd's answer was really interesting about how that complete digital ecosystem that they have worked to build all of that is with the intention of bringing that full experience in front of the guest, even if they're in their home and interacting with the brand on their phone. 
My fourth takeaway is that the more consumers ordering digitally, the better. Maybe this sounds like common sense to some of you, but when you think about a company like Wendy's or some of the major chains that might have been slower to adopting digital tools, they are all on board with these tools now because the more they can funnel their customers into digital ordering, the less pressure they're going to face in the brick and mortar footprint. So, you know, thinking about how a customer ordering digitally, I mean, it helps your labor situation because, you know, the friction is pulled out of that order station because the customer's doing it from their phone and they're not in front of that cashier placing their order. So automation is really helping all restaurant companies now because even just digital ordering, when you, you don't think about it, it's not necessarily automation, but these kinds of tools, are stripping the friction out of the restaurant experience and really making it more convenient for both the restaurant and for the customer. So that was a line from Todd that I really liked. You know, the more customers ordering digitally, the better. That is something that Wendy's is focusing on to prop up its digital experience is directing customers more and more as much as they can into digital ordering to take the pressure off of the physical restaurant. My fifth and final takeaway is that value is all relative in the midst of inflation. No restaurant company has been immune from raising prices. Everybody has to raise prices in this environment where costs are just going through the roof. But value is still something that customers are seeking out. So Wendy's too has had to raise their prices. But Todd pointed out that you know they're still offering rel relative value when compared with the rest of the industry. So my suggestion to you in the restaurant industry is think about how can I still provide value? I may have to increase my prices because of inflation, but what is the way I can still create perceived value from the customer so that they're still deciding to come to my restaurant even if the prices might be a little higher. Those are all my takeaways for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please remember to subscribe to Takeaway wherever you listen to podcasts and to leave your feedback. You can also email me at sam.okus at informa.com. Thanks again, and we'll talk to you next week.